Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and I am Brett Ridgway, and welcome to another edition of the Spotlight on Speaking show, where each week I'll be talking with a person who either considers themselves to be a professional speaker, or they view speaking as a key ingredient in building their core business, or whatever it may be. But my guest this week is a gentleman I've reconnected with after a few years. I was privileged to be on his podcast recently, and wanted to return the favor because he has some valuable lessons to share with us today, but... Mike Capuzzi is an author, nonfiction book coach, and short book publisher for business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs looking to leverage the power of a short, helpful book. Since 1998, Mike has helped thousands of business owners market their business smarter. Bite-Sized Books is his book publishing company, founded on his proven formula creating short, helpful books, which he calls Shooks, for business owners, entrepreneurs, and corporate leaders. Shooks are the ideal type of book to publish because they are easy and fast to create, can be read in about an hour, and offer helpful ways for readers to connect with the author. Mike himself is the author of 19 books, including two international Amazon number one bestsellers, the 100-page book and the magic of short books. He's also the host of the Author Factor podcast, where he interviews business owner authors and shares their best tips, wisdom, and insights on how they write and leverage a nonfiction book in their businesses. Welcome, Mike Capuzzi, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Hey, Brett. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, and thank you for uh, reciprocating. And you're right. We have reconnected after many years uh, of, of bumping into each other at events, speaking events. So it was good to reconnect, and congratulations on your uh, recent success and all that you're doing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, so we go back to the GKIC days, and if you're an old-time marketer, you'll know you'll know what those initials stand for, certainly. But one thing that Mike didn't mention in his introduction or the bio is that he's the, the founder of a product called Copy Doodles, which is truly one of the most iconic brands in the direct marketing space over the last 25 years. So the man's been there, done that, and today we want to talk about your speaking journey, Mike. So I know you've leveraged speaking significantly in, in your business over the years, so we want to share some tips for our audience on keys to success, maybe some mistakes you made along the way. And we'll probably honestly talk a little bit about book mistakes people make too, because any speaker should be an author also. And, and we'll probably venture down that path a little bit. So let's let's roll back here, Mike. And, and you know, how did you get started? When the speaking industry, you know, what was your first foray into this space? And you know, why did you decide to take on speaking as either a marketing tool or as a business that you wanted to do? Well, what's interesting, Brett, is first off, I think 
much like being uh, wanting and being a wanting to be a book author, writing a book, there's something inside you that you know someday you just want to write a book. And the same with I would think about speaking. Uh, it's something that's in the side. People that says, you know, I have a message to share. Or I, I I enjoy being on stage, whatever it might be. So there was always something inside of me. But what's interesting, Brett, is I have a very technical background. I have an engineering degree from Penn State University. I did engineering for a number of years after college. I then joined an engineering software company that was very small at the time in a technical role. But as it grew, they started a marketing department. They had an outside company selling their software, and then they brought everything in in-house, sales and marketing. So they had to start a, a marketing department. They sent a, literally an email out to the you know the 40 or 50 employees at the time and said, hey, who wants to be a part of this? So I raised my hand. And that was my first step into marketing, albeit corporate marketing, Brett. Right. But I had the opportunity as that software company grew, and I was employee number 57 when I started. When I left, there was a couple thousand. That's how much growth there was. Wow. Um, but I had the opportunity to literally speak at a technical level, I mean, on a technical topic, uh, on fairly large stages for this company around the world, even around the you know, around the country and around the world, even Germany, the UK. I had an opportunity to speak in Australia, but I was getting married, so I had to forego that one. But um, that was my first step into being on stage and articulating a message to a, a large audience. Um, I left that company to start my own business in 1998, as you mentioned. And uh, my speaking career sort of went into hibernation and I was doing 100% consulting, firstly with large software companies. And then I started moving more towards small and medium-sized businesses where I met Dan Kennedy, uh, you know, I know a mutual coach of ours and a mentor. And that's what reinvigorated my passion for speaking, Brett. Uh, I started reading everything that Dan was talking about for speaking, his, his partner at the time, Bill Glazer, who became a friend of mine. Um, I really started just wanting to learn how to write better copy. I wanted to learn how to speak better. And I wanted to learn how to leverage those two skills into really building my own platform. So it was about nine, uh, 2006 where I really got serious about learning how to speak better, very intentional about it. And um, you mentioned copy doodles when, when that kind of caught wind and caught fire. I had the opportunity to speak on a bunch of stages, which is probably where you and I met. Uh, a lot of, you know, specialty uh, subject matter experts had me on their stages. And, uh, you know, so it just kind of grew from there, Brett. So, yeah, I've leveraged speaking for now a couple decades um, to uh, build a nice little business. So your first speaking foray was as a an employee of a company doing it on behalf of the company, which yep. is, is kind of a, a different arena of speaking that I hadn't really thought much about because, I generally think of speaking in from the standpoint of keynoters, which is kind of what you were doing on, uh, as a corporate employee, obviously, the platform seller, and then the person who's just using speaking as a business building tool. So they're not necessarily selling directly from the stage. It's just about brand awareness and sharing content so that hopefully people will be interested in what you've had to say and then come to you for whatever product or service you may offer. So has, has your experience over the last couple of decades might been primarily in the Selling from the platform directly or from just using it as a marketing tool brand? Mm. The same. Good question. I would say 50-50, Brett, or thereabouts. So I've done a, a fair amount of selling from the stage, uh, specifically for copy doodles and you know book authoring and stuff like that more recently. 
But, and, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, I used to run a local Dan Kennedy, Bill Glazer group here in the Philadelphia area at the time. And that was a monthly speaking opportunity. So that was a speaking opportunity where I would bring people into a room. We'd get like 50 to 100 local business owners to come in. Mm -hmm. And I was using speaking as a way to, you know, get these folks to start building that no like, and trust factor, right. Helping me share helpful information for them. And truly Brett, that monthly, I mean, that consistency of once a month, I did it for five years. Wow. Never. I missed one meeting in five years, Brett. It was because of a snowstorm. But other than that, then I sold the, the, the I sold the, uh, the group to a member, but um, that's really where I started honing my speaking sp skills and, and, really using as glue uh, to tr attract and keep members into my group. Yeah, I used to attend a lot of those regional GKIC meetings in Indianapolis with a guy named Scott Manning. Yes, Scott. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know. So, yep. yeah, good folks. So, since you've primarily been doing speaking from a, a business building and, and then selling from the platform standpoint over the last couple of decades, as you think about it, Mike, what what would you maybe attribute your your three biggest keys to success as a speaker being? What have you, what mm. would you pass along to somebody else and say, yeah, this really helped me. You should do this type thing. Well, make sure you keep count, Brett, because I'll probably lose count. Well, <laughs> it's yeah, only three. If we, if we go beyond three, that's fine. You know. Well, on... the first one, the first one was really a learning lesson, Brett, and I did not embrace it initially, but now I embrace it. Now I share it with others. I was never, as you can tell right now, even, I am not the world's most technically uh, correct speaker. Um, no, I, 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 I say stuff like I, 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 um, I just, I, I, I'm not the most perfect speaker that you might think about on stage. And I, that really bothered me when I was speaking. I, I really thought, well, who am I to be speaking up here? I'm not that polished. But what I heard, Brett, from these monthly meetings, from speaking on larger stages, was that I had a very authentic speaking skill. And, I, and again, it didn't really connect with me at first. I'd come off the stage and people would come up and thank me, oh, that was great, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, ah, but I, I messed that up and I, I, I flubbed that word up. And, but I realized quickly that being authentic really wanting to serve the audience first and having that come through is much more important than how polished you are, how adept your closing skills are, how good you are at you know all trial closes and all these technical things that speakers do. But um, so that was one thing. I think just being an authentic speaker. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's funny that you say that, Mike, because I was sitting here a little bit ago thinking, man, Mike is so much better than I am as I'm coming <laughs> to an opening or something. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, grass is always greener, Brett. Um, so that's one. The other is being very intentional about building my skill as a speaker. Now, today, you know, 15, 20 years later, there's a ton of books. There's some courses. There's all kinds of podcasts it's for resources to get better at speaking. Back, you know, 20 years ago, I would say, you know, there wasn't a lot that I found at least. I did find some resources, Dan Kennedy, Bill Glazer being some of them. And I just got very intentional, Brett, about learning the skill and the craft of speaking. Now, not so much from being a polished speaker, but more about how to speak, how to, how to create a bond with the audience, how to sell from the stage. 
Um, so I think that's the second one. And then the third one would just be getting good. And I, I, you know, I never got great. I was good at being able to create excitement from the stage so that people want to buy what you're selling. Uh, and that, that is another subset of a skill that if you really want to learn how to maximize platform selling, you know, you just got to study, study that. Yeah, I mean, I would like to dive into that a little bit more, Mike. So, I mean, obviously, the platform seller success is measured by dollars in the back table. Yeah. So, you know, what are some of the resources that you use? Maybe it's just Glazer Kennedy, but maybe it's something else that uh, helped you polish those platform selling skills because it's such a critical element for a person who wants to get it into speaking from that perspective. Yeah, there was definitely some, uh, Dan, Bill Glazer put together a course. I still have it. It's so good. I can remember, you know, driving and putting the CDs in. It was like 20 CDs and all this stuff. There was a, he did a professional speaking course, which was truly a, a speaking from the stage platform selling course, which was very instrumental. The second thing was I was part of several mastermind groups where a lot, you know, Russell Brunson, Ryan Dice, you know, folks that you and I both know that are now, you know, superstars where they were part of that group and they were sharing some of their you know, skills and all that. So being around other speakers. And then the third thing was being at events where people were speaking. And, you know, Brad, I'm sure you've bumped into this once or twice where folks are at an event like this, maybe like a GKSC event back in the day, and they'd be in the audience, maybe it was their first one, and they'd be in the audience like, oh, God, they're selling so much from the stage. Oh my God. They, they got like, you know, it just bothered. They got, they got triggered that the people were selling. God forbid they were selling from the stage. Whereas I would look at it as a learning opportunity. Like, okay, hey, we're getting good content. Maybe I'm interested in that resource. But more importantly, here is a really adept person using speaking as a way to build his or her business. Mm -hmm. and, and I learned from that. So rather than like uh, being all, bothered by the fact someone was selling i use it as a learning opportunity and i would challenge anybody even today like figure out ways where you can be where good speakers are and learn from them yeah it's so important and if you're going to into an event where it's a multi-speaker event and you're just one of the people on the platform don't just jet in for your speech and then jet right out afterwards attend more of the event and listen to the other speakers because you truly can learn a lot on how they transition from their content to their clothes and maybe how they stack things in their clothes. I mean, there's so much to learn and you're going to learn a lot more by watching other people master the craft and do it than reading something in a book. Certainly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this is also some great tips, Mike. I do have some other questions I want to ask you, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spot on the Speaking Show. My guest this week is Mike Capuzzi of Shook's fame. So, Mike, I want to ask you to open up a little bit, maybe bear your soul, embarrass yourself if it's appropriate, and maybe share a couple of mistakes you made along the way as a speaker that you would encourage others not to make. Well, I would say, um, 
the first is being worried about the wrong things. Doesn't mean you don't want to get better at speaking, but you know, maximizing your God-given gifts to, to speak and not be so much worried about how other people speak. So that might sound counterintuitive what I shared earlier, but it's not. It's like you are who you are, right? Maximize that. And again, that, that did not come to me initially, Brett. I, I fought that. So that would be one thing. Um, I would say don't be too hard on yourself as you're learning the skill. The good news is if you're out there, there's going to be plenty of opportunities, whether it's, you know, podcasting these days or from the stage, you know, you might have, you know, the, the likelihood of being, uh, you know, a hundred percent, hundred percent of the time and on, on and just on your game um, is probably not a reality. doesn't mean you should not, you know, be well-rested and all that good stuff, but don't expect perfection. Um, so I would say that, and, you know, I think the other thing would be learn how to channel that nerve. If, if you get nervous or if you feel like you're nervous, and I think any speaker, no matter what, what level they're at, there's, there's some nerves or some adrenaline that's pumping before you get on stage stage, um, you know, learn how to channel that. And then the last thing I'll share is don't overlook the small details, Brett. What I mean by that, as a speaker, it's your job to make sure the host has the right introduction and, and has the right presentation loaded up. Like I would concentrate over that. I was always very on top of that stuff. If I had to have my presentation on the laptop by 12, 12 noon, I was I made sure I was there by 11 a.m. type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I made sure they opened it up and I could see it up on the thing. And, and yeah. even with all that proactive sort of preparation, Brett, stuff still happens. So you got to be ready to roll with the punches, but, you know, manage that minutia, if you will, make sure it's, you know, they, they know exactly, the host knows exactly what you're expecting. Obviously you have to know what they're expecting. So Mike, how have you adapted your speaking to the virtual world today? Made, made any changes because of the new primary method for which speaking is being done by these days? Yeah, I don't have to wear a suit, thank God. <laughs> I get to wear a hat and t-shirt. Um, I kid a little bit on that. But, uh, you know, I'd say most of it, Brett, is still fundamentally the same. Obviously, it makes things easier. Obviously, you're not dealing with the travel issues that are so prevalent these days. Um, but I think it's, you know, it does open it up to speaking around the world. It does open it up to speaking much more frequently. I think podcasting is awesome. I am a podcast host, as you mentioned, I'm also a podcast guest. And I think that is a, um, a very, very powerful strategy for most business owners, most corporate executives to figure out a way to leverage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. So, Mike, let's talk about books a little bit. So you're a book publisher, and, and the Shooks, as you call them, or whatever. So obviously any speaker, and we're going to agree on this 100% of the time, any speaker should have one or more books out there as part of their marketing arsenal, so to speak. So, mm -hmm. you know, what are, what are what's some advice you might have for authors on how to make their book a more effective marketing tool or mistakes they should avoid as an author if it's part of their marketing mix as a speaker? Well, if they're not yet an author, Brett, uh, at the end of this conversation, I'm going to give away a couple of my shooks, my short, helpful books, which articulate and describe what I think is an ideal type of book for a first-time author. Shorter book, a more focused book, and a book design with a very specific intention. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be sharing that. But 
I would say even for seasoned authors, Brett, there's, you know, dust it off if you haven't used it, you know, maybe update it, whatever it might be. But there is such power in using a book to get speaking opportunities to differentiate yourself. Now in the speaking world, especially the professional world, speaking world, I mean, pretty much everyone has a book. But depending on where you're speaking, what your focus is, there might not be a lot of competition as far as fellow authors. So right away, it differentiates you. But then having a book at the event, Brett, is very powerful. Maybe the organization buys copies and hands them out, you know, gives them out to all the attendees. Maybe you, know, you put them on the seats uh, before your presentation starts so everyone coming into the room has a, a book. Maybe a, you, know, you have a booth or an exhibit at the event and at the end you're driving people to go get a signed copy. There's some, you know, if you've been to events and you've seen someone speak who has a book, you see how they leverage it. You see the excitement people get have by, you know, getting the book, getting the book signed, meeting the author, taking a photograph with the author. So, yeah, I mean, if anyone considers themselves a speaker either at a professional level, at a corporate level, keynote level, whatever it might be, podcast level even, there's no good reason not to have a book and a short helpful book like we publish they're easier they're faster and they work so what are your thoughts mike on what you know the compilation books that seem to be so prevalent these days where you contribute one chapter to a book i mean i'm gonna say i'm not a big fan myself honestly because yeah so speaking of which i just published three of them (laughs) (laughs) all for myself no 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 no. listen i get it first of all my very first book i published in 2007 was a compilation book that compilation book got me in uh, an article in investors business daily a huge newspaper it got me on local tv local radio it got me on uh, newspapers so that was in 2007 in late 2022 i published three compilation books, including one called I Love America, where I featured 13 U.S. military veterans talking about why they love America. And I was sort of the the host of the book, if you will. They can serve their purpose, Brett. You've got to understand what the purpose is and why you're doing it as a compilation book. Uh, You typically it's to get different points of view from different people. But as a is it, would it be my first choice if I'm sitting there facing, I've never written a book and I'm presented with the opportunity to be a part of a compilation book versus the opportunity to write my own book where my name's on the front cover and I'm the author. I do, I, I, for, for most people, I would recommend trying to figure out their own book, mm-hmm. depending on the compilation book, the focus of the compilation book, who else is in the compilation book, anthology book. Um, there might be good reason. There is something I call the exponential marketing power of a compilation book. So where, you know, let's say there's 20 authors in there, you're one of them, 19 other people are marketing that book. So that means 19 other people are getting that book out there where now your name, your information is being in front of those, their audiences. So there's, there's definitely value, Brett. Um, but I do think the, the, the ultimate power is in being an uh, the author of your own book. Well, I agree. And, uh, but there's a lesson here that there's a value in any book. And mm. if, if doing a, an anthology or compilation book is the first step that you're able to take, then then take it and get started so that you have something out there. Absolutely. Versus nothing at all. So, uh, you know, that's, that's actually the, the best takeaway from this, Brett, is, again, I got a major exposure. My daughter, who was a senior in high school, she's now a senior in college, I helped her publish a compilation book, Brett. 
about dog rescues. And she raised like $6,000. It wasn't a lot, but for what she did as a high school senior, um, she raised a ton of money for dog rescues. And she was featured all in every local newspaper and one big local magazine um, because of her compilation book. So it, it's what you make of the book. All right, so Mark, I'm going to give you an opportunity now, if you would, to share a little bit more about what you're doing and if people want to get involved in your world, how they can do so. And you mentioned something about a gift a little while ago. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Brett, and I thank you, we, we now publish, I'm a pretty much 100% focused on publishing short, helpful books, books that are, you know, they're real books. Here's one of mine, the 100-page book. So they, they look like a real book. They have We have Kindle versions, audio versions, but... Um, they're designed to be read in about an hour, hour and a half. They have very specific direct response marketing strategies built into them. We didn't talk about that, but they're very thought out. Um, they're perfect for business owners, for coaches, consultants, speakers, executives. So that's what we do, Brett. It's a work with Mike process. I work 100% with every one of our clients to uh, publish these. Ideally, it takes about eight to 12 weeks, Brett, to do this. So from idea to finished book, about eight to 12 weeks. It can take longer depending on one's schedule. So that's what we're focused on. I have a, a, a series of them, The Magic of Short Books, The Magic of Free Books, and The Magic of Shooks. Um, and I put that together in my magic kit, Brett, pretty original. Um, and your listeners can grab that if they go to mikecapuzzi.com forward slash magic. And just let me know you, you heard me on Brett's podcast and uh, I'll send you a link to read all three of those shooks uh, for free. And we'll make sure that URL is in the show notes down below this episode. So any, any final words of wisdom for the aspiring speaker out there, Mike? I would say if you really want to get serious about it, Brett, again, be intentional. Study, study, apply, practice, all that. Nothing happens without that focused intention, Brett. But pretty much, I guarantee anybody can do it um, if they just get that focus and that intention. So I'd say go for it. All right, great. Well, great words of advice, Mike. And, and this has been another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. Sincere thanks to my guest this week, Mike Capuzzi, for sharing his wisdom on speaking and, and books. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success. I would encourage you to hop on over to brettridgeway.com if you haven't already. Pick up my free report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business, as well as the new book that I've just come out with, How to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. You can pick it up on the brettridgeway.com site also. But as always, thank you so much for joining us this week. This week. If you haven't been a Spotlight on Speaking, go over there and register so you can be notified of upcoming episodes, spotlightonspeaking.com. But I wish you the greatest success and may 2023 be your greatest year yet. Take care. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.